Romans chapter 4, verse 11, reading. And he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith, which he hath yet been uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all them that believe, though they be not circumcised, that righteousness might be imputed unto them. May God bless the reading of his word. Let us turn to God in prayer. Our gracious, loving Heavenly Father, we thank you for gathering us safely into thy house. We pray once again for thorough cleansing and washing of all our sins. And be in our midst today, Lord, to help us understand scriptures, that in the right understanding we have the right practices in our lives and in the church. O oh Lord, that your truth may really be practiced and that you will be pleased. So be in our midst, give us understanding, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, last week we learned there are two things, the two C's about, infant bapti- about baptism. What are they? The first one is water baptism is a sign of cleansing. Remember, cleansing in the Old Testament. There are this, we, see, we saw many verses about the concept of cleansing the people. So this concept of cleansing the same word in the uh, the word in the New Testament used for the Old Testament cleansing is the word baptizo, baptizo. So please remember, the things that the Old Testament refer the cleansing of the tables, the vessels, table and vessels of the of the temple in the New Testament, the word used is baptizo. All right. So how, why do we we get this word baptism? It's from the Greek word baptizo. Understand that, okay? So it simply means cleansing. It's not just a word especially for baptism in church, right? It simply means cleansing. But that word is used to refer to baptism. So baptism is not a new concept. That is why John the baptizer, he actually was baptizing people before Christ even said, go ye into all the world and then preach the gospel, teach them and then baptize them in my name, right? Before Christ said that, John the baptizer was already baptizing people. So that going through baptism... Water baptism is a thing that the Jews have always been doing. They are, they, they are used to that. So number one, it means cleansing. So when you come up for baptism, those who have been baptized, remember, it, it, it is a sign that I have been cleansed by the blood of Christ. You declare to people that I'm a believer because I have been cleansed by the blood of Christ. It's not there that you get cleansed, all right? So now with that, you must remember the first C, cleansing. I've been cleansed. So you must not go back and love your old sins. You've been cleansed of it, must not return. Those who've been baptized, remember that. The second C. Anyone remember the second C? Maybe I try quickly. Um, Jemima. Consecration. Very good. That they that have been baptized, buried in Christ, then after that, walk in newness of life, right? Walk raised with Christ. It's a newness of life, a consecrated life. So those who have been baptized, is your life consecrated? Are you still living for the world? Now, today we learn the third C, all right? So I hope you write all these things down. For those of you who have been baptized, you must remember and know. The third C is, it is the covenantal sign. Baptism is a covenantal sign, all right? Now, if you turn your BBK books, right, to page 131, all right? 131, old book, 109 in the new book. Point number two, water baptism signifies entry into the new covenant. 
all right, entering into the new covenant. The sign of circumcision was applied in the Old Testament. How you must know that first and foremost, all covenants have signs and seal. All covenants have signs and seal. Marriage is a covenant. Sign and seal, the ring. When you enter into a contract, a covenant with someone, there are signs and seal. You also make signature. You also, there's a document and there is a seal done, done to it. So covenants are bound together and physically known that it is together by signs and seals. All right? Now remember that. Do we need New Testament covenant? But remember, the Bible is called Old Testament and New Testament. The word testament, the Greek word is diatheke, all right? It's the same word for covenant. You want to call the Bible the Old Covenant and the New Covenant, fine too, all right? In Greek, it's called Old Covenant, New Covenant. All right, testament is a covenant, all right? That's why the Bible also said that the, the testator must die, Christ. So the covenant. So the Old Testament has, because it's a covenant, has signs and seals, all right? Which is what? We just read, all right? We just read. Look at the left column. Romans 4, 11. Now, God tells us in the New Testament the sign of circumcision, a seal of righteousness. In the Old Testament, is the sign and seal of the covenant is circumcision. Understand that. I'll show you the Bible verse in the Old Testament. Then what is the New Testament, circum New Testament sign and seal we want to learn, Okay. Because old covenant have sign and seal, that's circumcision. New covenant, New Testament, what is the sign and seal? Baptism. And, and I'll show you why from the Bible. Now, first and foremost, the left column is about covenant that God made. All right, the New Testament, the New Testament verses. Now, when God made the covenant, it means this is where the Abrahamic covenant began, all right, with Abraham. I'm sorry, uh, some of the words are not clear. It's look clear on my laptop, but it turns out like that. Um, but I hope you can see. Now, it begins by saying, Genesis 17, 1 to 6, I am, I just read the highlighted, I am the almighty God. Walk before me and thou be perfect. All right, then he, in verse 2, he says, I will make covenant between me and you. Okay? Now, and he said, and for this, and for me, as for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be father of many nations. All right? And then he said, I will make, you, make many nations out of you. So this is the cutting of covenant between God and Abraham. The covenant, the Abrahamic covenant, all right? So you know in the Old Testament, the covenants are all the same covenant. It's God renewing, re reminding the people, all right? We have Noahic covenant and all that. It's all about the covenant of grace. We studied that already. So in covenant making, I want you to notice in the New Testament, Christ also began the new covenant, the New Testament, when he said in Matthew 28. Now you see the parallel when God made covenant with Abraham and now in the New Testament, God made covenant, the new covenant. You see the parallel in the way he speaks in covenant making. Jesus came and spoke unto them, saying, all power is given unto me in heaven and the earth. In the Old Testament, he began by saying, I am the almighty God. In the New Testament, he said the same thing. All power is given to me. I'm the almighty. All power given to me in heaven and earth. Then now he begins to speak about the covenant. And the covenant is to all nations. Just like when he told Abraham, this covenant is to all nations in the Old Testament. Christ in the New Testament in 
in refreshing the covenant, the same covenant. He also said, Go ye therefore and teach all nations. And they're teaching them to observe all things. All right? And here God says, I will make many nations of you. They will believe the same covenant. So when we think of Christ making this statement, it is not just about evangelism. All right? He says it in a way that tells them now it's the new covenant. In the old covenant is, is um, with, all, with all nations, I'm reminding you, it's with all nations. So number one, that's how he said. So first covenant is to all nations. Okay? That is why we are, as Gentiles, included in the new covenant. Then next. Now, covenant and children of household. You will see that it's very interesting. When God talks about covenant, He does not leave out the children of the family. He did not say whether they're saved or not, but He talks about the household. Look at how He says it. Then I continue, right? Genesis, we read from 1, 17, 1 to 6, now 7 to 14. And I will establish my covenant between me and you. Just me and you, Abraham? No, between me and you and thy seed after thee in their generations. He includes his seed, his seed, his children, and their children's children. Then next, he said, I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee. All right? So after he begins by, I am the Almighty, my covenant is with all nations. This covenant that I'm talking about is with all nations. Then now he says, this covenant is just not with me and you and all nations. It includes your household. Look at how the words are almost identical. Look when Peter preached the gospel and people want to believe. And what did Peter say? Oh, you believe and you'll be saved. No. He said, for the promise is unto you. Believe, repent and be baptized for the promise is unto you and to your children. And to all afar off means to different nations even as many as the Lord shall call. So salvation is to, all na- to, for, for, to your family offered and to the world also. So this covenant God includes mention of family, their children. Okay? You must understand all this because it leads to what we are going to learn today, infant baptism. Okay? Now, so you see the way God talks when he, to Abraham when he made the covenant and how the apostles in the New Testament, talk about the covenant, they also talk about your seed unto you and your children and to all nations. Now, covenant has signs and seals. We said just now already. So, now, okay, actually, let us turn to Genesis, uh, Genesis chapter, chapter, chapter 17, please. Genesis chapter 17. Okay. Verse 10. Um, sorry. Uh, okay, verse 10. This is my covenant, which ye shall keep between me and you, and thy seed after thee. Every man child among you shall be circumcised. Alright? Now, then he says in verse 13, he that is born of the house, and so on, so on, and then Say, my, and my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. Now, 
when he says all this, he said, this is a sign between me and you. This is a token, verse 11, and it shall be a token. A token. Token means a sign, all right? It's the same thing. So in the Old Testament, God says, and then in New Testament, it's explained. Look up here. God says it is a token. Circumcision is a token of our covenant. And the New Testament explained the sign and seal is the token of the covenant, okay? Now, look at the New Testament. So now the question is, what is the New Testament sign of the covenant, the new covenant? What is it in the Old Testament circumcision? Now, God explains it in Colossians. We already studied this. Now, I say, in whom, in Colossians 2, in whom you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands because he was talking to people who were not circumcised. That was the whole problem. Anyway, you don't have to copy the verses. I'll, if you want, you just write to me. I'll send you this table. Now, when Paul said, you are circumcised, then the Gentiles say, but Paul, we are not circumcised. They are not. Then he says, you are circumcised with a circumcision made without hands. In putting off of the body of sin or the flesh. Now, what is this circumcision made without hands? He explains in verse 12, buried with him in baptism. Baptism. Baptism is the New Testament covenantal sign. Because the people, and I've explained this many times. So if you're a Christian, say, hey, Old Testament has a sign. All covenant have signs. So what is the sign of the new covenant between God and me? What is it? The Jews were upset at Paul for saying, no need anymore for circumcision. He said, how can you say that, Paul? It's just like a wife being told by the husband. Someone tells the, 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 the husband, hey, husband, you don't have to wear your ring anymore. The wife gets very upset. What? Don't have to wear the ring anymore? Then where's our sign of our covenant? Where's that commitment sign? All right? So the Jews were very angry. So Paul had to explain. He said, now, all these Gentiles, they are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands because of this thing that you have always been used to, baptism. The Jews said, ah, you mean ba baptism, the thing that we've always been doing, now replaces circumcision as a sign? Ah, okay, we understand. If not, all the Gentiles will run out to be circumcised because where is the sign of the new covenant? Where is the sign? Now, why does the apostle know that this circumcision has been, the sign has been replaced by baptism. Why? Why has it been replaced by baptism? Because they heard for themselves. Jesus saying, before he went to heaven, go ye therefore into all nations, teach all nations. Then you remember, hey, hang on, all nations, this sounds like the covenant. And then he says, what? Teach all nations, and then, where is it? Teaching now, observe. Sorry, I missed out. If you turn to Matthew, Matthew 28, all right? Matthew 28. Verse 19. How come? Okay, I think I accidentally cut off part of the verse. I cut off a verse. Oh, terrible. Okay, to come for teens Q&A. We are going to talk about 1 John 5, 7. The most argued verse in the Bible between modern versions and English version. People have written to me from overseas. Many of you have been asking me recently because people say 1 John 5, 7, these three are one, is never in the original Bible. All right? 
Did we cut it out? Did we add it in? So please come, I'll show you irrefutable proof that it is supposed to be in. Now, by the way here, all right, so verse 19, baptizing them. When Christ said, go and teach all nations, baptizing them. You see, they immediately know that Christ was talking about the new covenant. Look up here. Christ said, in the Old Testament, God says to Adam, to Abraham, sorry, this is my covenant with you. This is the covenant with you, and it's to all nations, all right? And they, they that believe, circumcise them. They, when the apostles who are so familiar with the Old Testament, when they hear this, Christ saying, all power is given to me. Oh, better listen. It's like he said, I am the Almighty. Look, in Genesis, you know, actually, you read the Old Testament. When God cuts covenant, he has a, he has a, a very similar way of talking. He will begin with who he is. Who he is. See, Christ just said who he is. Then he say, all nations. They say, oh, must be about the covenant. Then he say, baptizing them. Teach them, baptize them. Old Testament is, they that believe, circumcise them. Now the apostle realized, Christ is saying, they that believe, baptize them. I want you to hear this carefully, okay? Don't dream, all right? This is the important part. Old Testament, God says, they that believe, circumcise them. That is my covenantal sign. New Testament, they heard Christ say, they that believe, baptize them. That is my covenantal sign. That is why immediately when, in Acts, immediately when Peter preached, he straight away said, the promise is to you, and he said, believe and be baptized. He did not say, believe and be circumcised. In the Old Testament, they will always tell the people, believe and be circumcised. In the New Testament, is believe and be baptized because the new Christ have changed that covenantal sign, the token of the sign of circumcision with baptism. Who do not understand? Hope you're clear. So, the apostles knew that at this point, just like at the Holy Communion, you say, how do the apostles know that Passover has been replaced by, um, by Holy Communion? Do you ever question that? You don't question that. But did you ever read in the Bible where Christ said, this Passover is being replaced by Holy Communion? It's not in the Bible. But when Christ said, this cup is the New Testament in my blood, they immediately understood. No more the blood of, of, of bulls and lambs and goats. No more that blood. Christ, by saying that, they knew that Christ was changing that sacrament. Changing that sacrament from pass over to Holy Communion. That is why immediately after that, you don't see the apostles in, after Christ ascended to heaven, you don't see them practicing sacrifices and observing Passover. All right? They may do it just out of the Jewish uh, tradition, that is all. But they don't do it as a sacrament anymore. Paul said, as I have received of the Lord, this I deliver unto you. He did not ask them, as I received of Passover, I pass Passover to you. No, he immediately said, no more sacrifices. They understood. So when the apostle hear the Lord say, go, um, go, ye on to all, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them, they knew is believe and be baptized. No more believe and be circumcised. They knew that, that the transition will occur. Hence, when he preached. Okay, did I kill that verse? Okay, hence, when Peter preached, his first public preaching he already said, when the people say, well, their hearts will pray, men and brethren, what shall we do? All right, Acts. And he said, repent and be circumcised. No, his lips, he's changed his statement from an Old Testament saying to a New Testament apostle. 
No more repent, believe, and be circumcised. Now it's repent and be baptized immediately because they understood Matthew 28 was the change. So Christian, how do we know? What is the New Testament covenantal sign? Because in scriptures, the parallels are so clear, so clear how God talks to the people. In the Old Testament, believe and be circumcised. Now is, all right? So, believe and be baptized. So now you see the old administration. How God talked to them, okay? Now, he says, And a stranger shall sojourn with thee, and will keep the Passover of the Lord. Let, now, and when a stranger, let all his males be circumcised, and then let him come near and keep it. One, one law shall be unto him that is home-born, and unto the stranger that sojourneth among you. Now, what is God saying? If any stranger that want to live with the people of God, and want, means they want to take the Passover, right? You, only believers can take Passover. Just now, only believers take baptism, uh, Holy Communion. Then let them be circumcised first. That is the proof of their belief that they will take upon them the sign of the covenant, that they really enter in, they're willing to enter into covenant with me. So in the Old Testament, God says, any stranger, now, they believe, right? Now, look at verse 48 carefully. Yeah? Um, and when a stranger shall descend and will keep the Passover, will keep the Passover means what? They want to keep the Passover, will. That is their will, their desire. Means they want to believe in this God. The partaking of the Passover means they believe that one day God will come and be the Passover lamb, will die. They believe all this. That's why they will to take that. In other words, it is, look at this verse carefully. It means they that believe, they repent from their idolatry. They that believe means they will keep the Passover. Let his males be circumcised. What did Peter say? You want to believe? Then repent and be baptized. Do you understand? Thomas. Clear? You see how the apostle, the first message, public message he preached, he said very accurately, believe not and be circumcised. If you will believe, then you'll be baptized after that. Right? So they changed their, their, their covenantal sign in their message clearly after Matthew, they heard Matthew, they heard Matthew 28, right? The Lord saying that. So, and he, right? So I quote up here. Why, why do they, why did Peter say repent and be baptized? Because he heard Christ say, teach all nations, baptizing them, not, no longer circumcising them. In the Old Testament is, they want to believe, circumcise them. Okay? So that is the change. That is the change. I want you to see again this verse. Alright? Old Testament covenantal sign, circumcision. New Testament covenantal sign, circumcision made without hands. What is it? What is circumcision made without hands? They are confused. Paul, what are you talking about? He explained. It is baptism. Baptism. So there is a covenantal sign, all right? Now, then at this point, I want to say this. Any Christian who will not be baptized, very often it's because of the failure to understand scriptures. Baptism is not optional. Christ said, he gave the instruction to the church teach all nations and church you're supposed to baptize them 
means the believer is to receive teaching and also be entering into baptism. All right? So a believer cannot say, I do not want to be baptized. A believer cannot say this. Uh, you know, as long as I believe, right? I believe then I obey God. Why must I go through all this? It's outward ritual. Don't be foolish. This is an ordained thing by your God. Like in the Old Testament, the ordained thing is you believe, then you go circumcised, you be circumcised. In the New Testament, you believe, then you be baptized. You cannot say, God, I do not want to. You, neither can you say, God, can I choose my own covenantal sign? All right? My own covenantal sign is like, God, I promise you I won't eat chocolates. All right? There's a promise. I won't eat chocolate. You cannot choose your covenantal sign. That is the, the universally accepted covenantal sign. Right? You get married, then when exchanging rings, uh, give the ring, then, you, then, you tell, then, the, you, then the husband tell the wife, yeah, you know, everybody use ring. I want to be more unique, all right? I give you chocolates. This is the universally accepted, acceptable and known sign. When will you give me chocolate? You can't choose this, all right? You storm off the wedding, right? So here, you cannot say, well, as long as I obey God, why must I go through this? Because God says so. God commanded. It's a commandment for a Christian to be baptized. So if you are a Christian, if you say, I believe, and I want to believe, I want to follow him. You must be baptized. You must go through catechism class to prepare yourself for baptism. You must. Not optional. Okay? Now, I say the second thing about this. So, understanding that it's a covenantal sign is very important. Not just cleansing, all right? Not just consecration. Are cleansing and consecration enough? No, it's you must take on your flesh the covenantal sign. Now, third thing I want to, second thing I want to say is this. Many feel that, you know, I, I'm, I don't live a consecrated life. I still want to go in my ways and, you know, occasionally do this, do that. I know it's not right, but I don't want to be so holy. I don't need to be so holy. I'm going to heaven. I'm, I'm happy enough. Never mind, never mind. If I don't have rewards in it, never mind, never mind. You cannot say that. Now, some feel that if I go for baptism, baptism, then it means that I make a vow. Then I make a vow. If I don't live it, then I, I sin. But let me ask you this. Think carefully. It is a commandment. For you to be baptized. It doesn't mean if you are not baptized, you can live as you wish. To live as God intended, to obey His commandments, whether you're baptized or not, it does not change anything. You are supposed to still live that. Don't think that just because I am not baptized, I don't have to be so serious. In fact, when you refuse baptism, you're committing two sins. First sin, I don't intend to be a godly Christian. Be holy for I'm holy. I don't intend to be dead. I don't intend to be fully separated. You come, then you commit the second sin by disobeying this commandment to be baptized. Whether you're baptized or not, it does not change that you must be holy as Christ is holy. I hope you understand this, all right? So Christian, I hope that this understanding is a covenantal sign. You must take it. It will change you. you. cannot say, I don't want. It's terrible, all right? Now, this covenantal sign, in the Old Testament, Exodus 12, now, God says, now, the stranger that shall sojourn with you and will keep the Passover, means they want to believe in God. I believe in God. I will. All right? Let all his males be circumcised. The covenantal sign in the Old Testament, God ordained it that it is on, the covenantal sign is on the flesh of the male. Now, it doesn't mean that the females don't have covenantal sign. 
All right? It's God's people. This is a people. All right? So it's a Jewish people. All right? But it's a physical circumcision, so on the mail. But in the New Testament, God makes it clear. This covenantal sign. And when they believe Philip, when they believe Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized both men and women. Very interesting. The apostles are very clear. Baptism is the covenantal sign. Baptism is the covenantal sign. And when now they execute the covenantal sign in the New Testament, the Bible says they knew they baptized both men and women. So don't keep arguing. Ah, it cannot be because Old Testament circumcision, only male. Right? New Testament, how can it be? Because God, when He gave the new covenantal sign, the apostles, now they baptize both men and women. Why do they know that? Because in the Old Testament, that is why I started with that. In the Old Testament, baptism was always male and female. Not only the males get baptized. So when they understood that God changed, maybe I should draw, you know, I don't know whether you're following. Where is the drawing thing? Now, in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, okay, you know what I'm drawing, huh? In the Old Testament, baptism, and you know the Old Testament, I showed you, that cleansing is always, you know, they knew it was both male and female. They knew. And then circumcision, only male. So when they heard that Christ said, repent and be baptized, rather than repent and be circumcised, they knew that now if the Old Testament, then in the New Testament, then if the covenantal sign has become baptism, then they knew now I don't just do it to male. I do it to both because that has always been the practice. It has always been the practice. So God will even say baptizing both when they believe. They, God said they baptize both men and male and female, men and women. Why, why bother to talk about men and women? Because the Bible wants us to know the covenantal sign now because his baptism is male and female. Otherwise, what's the point of mentioning male and female? Of course, if whoever believes, baptize them. But God specifically mentioned male and female. So this verse tells us that apostles understood if the sign has changed, then they practice the same thing, male and female. Okay, so don't argue, Old Testament not. It's God's choice to change the covenantal sign. Now, why is all this important? Because it leads to infant baptism. Without understanding this, many reject infant baptism. Now, I want you to understand one thing first, huh? before I forget to say that. I want to show you that infant baptism occurred in the New Testament church. It occurred through the ages. All right? This is BPCWA today. And we are not the only people that practice infant baptism, all right? In your BBK book, it makes very clear, all right? The Methodists, the Anglicans, they also do that, for example. Now, it's always practiced. Now, when, when, I will show you in the Bible, it was always practiced soon. Now, when did it change where people start to reject infant baptism? When the Anna, Anna Baptist, uh, I think A-N-A, Anna Baptist came about. Anna Baptist, by the name itself, means they reject this this, this uh, baptism of, of the children, all right? They reject it. A long history, 
All right? the, re the reformers also practiced infirm baptism. But a long history, there is a person who came up and he broke away and he, had, he studied the Bible himself, not trained, and he came up with this idea, we should not infirm baptize because the Roman Catholic Church infirm baptized. Now, this is very foolish. The Roman Catholic Church also practiced Holy Communion. Why, why don't we practice Holy Communion? He said, simply because the Roman Catholic practice infant baptism, we must not practice. Then we should stop practicing Holy Communion as well. Right? So he said, they practice, so we should stop. So the Anabaptists started to reject because the, the, the Roman Catholics do it. But all the while, he don't ask, but all the while, it's been in the New Testament church. The Roman Catholic, yes, they corrupted the practice by saying infant baptism saves the children, which is not what the church, New Testament church believed in. But they believe in that. Just because they believe in the wrong thing doesn't make it wrong. They believe the Eucharist. They believe Holy Communion as, as they, are, they, are, they are wrong, with wrong ideas. Does it mean we stop practicing the Holy Communion? No. All right? So I hope you understand that. So always infant baptism has been there. And Roman Catholic Church corrupted the meaning of it, just like corrupted the meaning of Holy Communion, the Anabaptists say reject. Then from then on, there came a group that rejected. That's why the Baptists, they rejected. Okay? Now, with that, I want to show you from Scriptures. Practice of infant circumcision of believers' household in the Old Testament, in the covenant of God. In the covenant of God, God always said, circumcise the man-child. Look at here, all right? Thou shalt keep my covenant, an uncircumcised man-child, whose flesh, foreskin is not circumcised, that soul shall be cut off. This is my covenant with you. Every man-child shall be circumcised. This is a covenant between me and you. Listen carefully. When God says, the child, your child must be circumcised. What they say, it is not the covenant with the child. It is not the child being saved. Look at verse 10, transition to verse 11. He say, it's a token between me and you. All right? Ye shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin, your child as well, and this is a covenant between me and you. Infant baptism, uh, sorry, infant circumcision has never been about the child's faith, has never been about the child's be, um, being safe has never been about the child being a, being, being a believer. It was simply a covenant between God and Abraham. Your child, your children must be circumcised just like you. This is a covenant between me and you, parent. So infant baptism is always a covenant between the parent and God. So those parents who reject infant baptism rejects a covenant with God regarding the child. You must know that it's serious. That is why when Moses' child was not circumcised, God said, then I will kill the child, right? Because it's a very serious thing. You are, God said, let the child be cut off. What is God saying? Now, parent, if you refuse to circumcise your child, this has nothing to do with your child being saved. Huh? If you refuse to circumcise your child, then let him be cut off. Some of them died. God was willing to take away the child. It is serious. It's a, a parent telling, hey, God, please, please, uh, my child is mine. Uh, it's not yours, uh. Don't say, I have a covenant with you to bring up this child for you. Don't say that. Huh? That is what they mean when they refuse. So it's the same for the adult. All right? Now, now he repeatedly says, now here, and the eight-year-old child shall be circumcised. Every man child born in your house. You see, he talked about the house, the children, 
means dust. But it is anyone bought with the money of any stranger, which is not of your seed. He said, if this child is not yours, but you bought it, as long as it belongs to you. You didn't buy it, it doesn't belong to you. You live in your house, you don't have to circumcise it. But once you buy it, it is yours. It belongs to you. As long as it is under you, you must circumcise this child as a covenant between me and you that you bring up this child that belongs to you for me. He that is born in the house, he is bought with money, must needs be circumcised. As long as it belongs to you, whether it's born out of your body or you bought it, you must circumcise. It's a covenant between me and you about this child. Alright, so parents, you must understand that those who reject infant baptism uh, must understand that. Now, here, in the New Testament, you see how God put it identical. Number one, in the New Testament, practice, look at the top box, uh, practice of infant baptism by the apostle for believers' household in the covenant with God is there. You look at the Bible verses, Acts 16, and he took them the same hour of the night and washed their serp and he was baptized and all his, look at the green verse, anyone that is yours you bought all his all his in the house as long as it is bought he bought this slave or he bought um, or is his own child anything that is his must be circumcised and paul and the apostle did that because they understood if if infant if baptism replaces the sign of circumcision and they remember that any that is in the house that belongs to the believer must be circumcised in other words household circumcision they did it they did it, all right? Just like in the Old Testament, you believe, they will say, bring your child, circumcise as well. In the New Testament, you believe, I'm coming to your house, or you bring them to the church, I will baptize your children as well. Because it's a covenant between you and God, parent. Now, look at Acts 16 further. And, okay, here is about Lydia. And when she was baptized, and her household, you see, God keeps talking about her household. There's no mention whether everyone believes or not, but her household. Come on, household doesn't mean, doesn't mean only believers. It's just like, I invite you to my house this Christmas, all right? I'm inviting you to my house and your household. Then say, Pastor must be talking only about believers. No, it's your household. Everyone in your house. Why would God use words like that if it doesn't mean household? Only believers. Then it would be, and those that believe. No, her household. Now look further. And Paul said, and I baptized the household of Stephanus. He didn't say, I baptized believers. Household of, of Stephanus. Because in the Old Testament, they saw, they heard, and they always understood. You and your child and everyone that belongs to you must be circumcised as long as you're a believer. Because it's a sign, a covenantal sign between God and the parent. Okay? So, it's, it's now, furthermore, Acts 2. So, plenty of it. He said, now, and the promise is to you and your children. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, hence God says, now, for the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband, else were your children unclean, but now holy. God says, does it mean that a unbeliever's um, a wife who is a believer, unbeliever husband, the child is saved? No, this is what holy simply means separated. They are separated unto me. Belongs to you, now you separate the child unto me. Parent, that is your commitment. That is all. All right. So you see that in the infant baptism, infant circumcision in the Old Testament, nothing to do with the child's salvation. In the New Testament, nothing to do with the child's salvation. We, we are accused of, of ridiculous things. You baptize them to be saved. How, why would we believe in such a ridiculous doctrine? That's the Roman Catholic doctrine. But the, the apostles, listen carefully. The apostles, when you see this, the apostles... 
the apostles have always, you see from the book, immediately in the book of Acts, they always practice infant baptism as a covenant to sign between the parent and God. They always practice that again and again. You read it, the household, the household, the household, and all his. Same words used in the Old Testament. Your household, in your house, in your house, in your house. They understood that. That's why they practiced it. Roman Catholic corrupted it, but doesn't mean this practice is wrong. Okay? Uh, now, look, I said, the Old Testament, God keeps saying, your seed, look up here, your seed, your house, he and all his. In the New Testament, the same. Your children, all right? House, household. No, not your children, the house, household, all his. Same words. Because it's the same thing, same practice. If it is just about believer, then why mention house and all his? Just say believers. But God was very specific. Now, so when you understand this, you see infant baptism is a covenantal sign between the parent and God. Again, final statement. Again, parents, some say, well, you know, can, uh, if, if it's about my, my covenant with God, I just promise God. We can come out and then we promise God, right? So some churches practice, we come out and, and promise. It's the same. You cannot choose your own sign. The Old Testament believers have no choice. They cannot say, all right, we choose our own sign, all right? God, when we come up, we bring our child up to, 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 uh, to, to Moses and then we just promise. They say, no, give me the child. It must be circumcised. You cannot choose your own covenantal sign between God and, and you for the child. It is God's choice of the sign. So you cannot come out and just say, I don't baptism, infant baptism. I just want promise. I promise God. That is not your choice. Just like adult baptism. You never come and say, Pastor, I don't want baptism. I just promise God, all right? You know that it is something that is commanded. Let us pray.